Hello, and thanks for tuning in to Positive Vibe from the Valley. I'm Ryan, and I'm your host. I work for the Northwestern Prevention Collaborative as the Community Liaison and Training Coordinator. This podcast focuses on SAMHSA's eight dimensions of wellness, and today we will be looking at environmental wellness with Susan. Susan, thanks so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Ryan. It's, it's a pleasure to be here and spend this time with you. Well, Susan, I know you have a uh, pretty varied background here. Uh, I know you work as, as a paralegal, but I also know that, that you lead a hiking group and you do a lot of outdoor activities. So it would be great if you would introduce yourself, tell a little bit more about your experiences, some of, some of the accomplishments that you maybe have, have accomplished and just something that maybe you think our viewers should know. Well, Ryan, that is that is true. I spend a lot of time in the outdoors. I come from a farming family, so my roots are deep in the earth. Um, as a child, our family spent a lot of time hiking and camping, and I continue to do that today, um, leading a local women's hiking and backpacking group, as well as being a Boy Scout leader. I've been a leader for over 18 years, and the last 12 years with a venturing unit, which is a co-ed um, program for 14 to 21 year olds. And we deliver that program in the backcountry on all types of high adventure activities. Um, and I also chair the local Appalachian Trail Community Committee. So it is a program through the Appalachian Trail Conservancy, which is the organization that uh, monitors and supervises and maintains the Appalachian Trail. And for people who don't know what that is, it is the premier long distance hiking trail that starts um, in a southern terminus in Georgia and goes through 14 states and ends in the state of Maine. Um, so we are very involved in um, its conservation, protection, education, and um, creating communities around the trail to um, promote it, but also help local communities access it and leverage it for sustainable economic development. So that's a little bit of what I do. I mean, there's more, but <laughs> we'll talk a little bit a bit more about that as we proceed. Well, that's uh, that's quite the snapshot. Uh, <laughs> that's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, so Susan, thanks for coming on again and talking sure. a little bit about environmental wellness. And I'm going to give you the the textbook definition. A lot of times we like to start off with the uh, kind of rigid textbook definition, but I have a feeling you'll be able to add a little bit more to that. And so SAMHSA defines environmental wellness uh, as being able to feel safe, accessing clean air, food and water, preserving the areas where we live, learn and work, uh, promoting learning, contemplation and relaxation and natural places and spaces. That's a mouthful. And my, my first question to you, Susan, um, as someone who is an outdoor enthusiast, how would you define environmental wellness? Well, just as the textbook definition indicates, it impacts every aspect of our lives. It's highly integrated. Um, there are the actual physical environments we occupy, both interior man-made spaces and the outdoor natural spaces. And what do we do within those spaces or how do we arrange those spaces for our maximum benefit, whatever that may be, for focused work, to support emo emotional well-being, for recreating, for physical health or improvement. Um, for example, there are studies that indicate which colors are best to use in a nursery, a bedroom or kitchen, or in your office space to promote whatever that activity might be, or maybe which music may be let best listened to for 
uh, concentration or meditation. Um, that's all part of, I would think, environmental wellness is. It might even be that these indoor and outdoor spaces impact our interior lives, meaning our emotional and mental well-being. And so thinking about those things are essential. Um, another thought is that our outdoor spaces means many things like it's critical that we ensure everyone has access to clean air, water, and food because without those things, there is no life. Or if it's not clean, it diminishes the quality of life. And so it is important to address those concerns. And that may not mean in some faraway third country. It may simply mean picking up the trash along the streets in your own neighborhood or local park to ensure that the trash doesn't end up in your local waterways, which impacts the quality of your water. It may simply mean sorting your trash and making that extra trip to the dump to bring your recycled items like glass, plastic, cardboard. Um, and sometimes it means joining a local coalition to protest um, some misguided actions against a local creek that runs through the heart of your town. Perhaps that misguided action is removing a riparian buffer to replace it with an outdated erosion method of installing riprap. By keeping our green areas clean, we are promoting the clean air, clean water, and clean soil, and that supports all kinds of life, including wildlife, aquatic life, and human life. In this arena, education is so important, and I encourage our listeners to attend presentations by environmental experts to understand the science behind the various conservation efforts and what the long-term effects are of pollution, waste, overconsumption, and conversely, the long-term effects of conservation efforts, reforestation programs, water quality studies, and things like that. As the pandemic has shown, the outdoors is essential. It was the one place that you could go to recreate, to exercise, and to easily social distance while socializing safely. And people are doing so in record numbers. So many of our local, state, and national parks posted record numbers of visitors during the pandemic, and with it came other problems. Uh, infrastructure and services were stretched to the breaking point, with the biggest problem being trash accumulation and human waste disposal. So it's important to pack out your trash from your outside adventures and to learn proper toileting techniques when you're in outdoor spaces where there are no bathroom facilities. In some areas, that does include packing out your bodily waste. So learning the seven no, leave no trace principles is a great place to start learning how to do that. Another thing I realized during the pandemic from following quite a few hiking forums and Facebook pages is the level of fear that people have venturing into the outdoors. It's a fear of the unknown, whether it's the wildlife, getting lost, possible crime, weather changes. So I've been spending more time encouraging new adventurers to find ways to become comfortable in nature, learning what the sounds are, what wildlife you may encounter and how to respond or not respond when you encounter one, um, the names of plants and trees, what does it sound like when wind blows through, and when to discern it means a change in weather that perhaps would mean an end to your adventure that day, maybe you need to turn around and leave, um, and also how to navigate, you know, not just to move through the woods to get from point A to point B, but also, you know, learn the rhythm and sounds of the woods, learn how to read the land, get comfortable within it. I have found that once somebody realizes that the woods is itself, 
a living, breathing ecosystem and a safe place to be where they're comfortable, they become a part of it and they develop a desire to spend more time in it and to protect and preserve it for future enjoyment. That was way better than the textbook definition, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's interesting, and you touched on this just real briefly about how, uh, and we talk about this a lot here, about how we try to create that balance within the various dimensions of wellness and how if any one of the dimensions are off, it has this ripple effect throughout the others. And environmental wellness, like you said, people can have a little trepidation. There can be some fear and anxiety and, and a lack of knowledge and education um, regarding the the importance of maintaining that environmental wellness. And as you also pointed out, we saw just how important that was this past year during the pandemic mm-hmm. uh, when so many people were flocking outdoors or just a total change in their environment. Um, and I was hoping, and you touched on this as well, but why do you think keeping that balance of environmental wellness is so important? And maybe specifically thinking about uh, the, the youth in the area and why environmental wellness would be important to those guys. You know, it's interesting you would ask that specific question. Uh, just within the last few weeks, I connected with a local organization. It's called Reaching Out Now. And they serve under-resourced youth in our area. And it was interesting during the course of our conversation and getting to know one another that the director mentioned um, these particular youth really had never spent time in the outdoors. They thought where they lived was kind of a real negative space. They didn't see it as a lovely place to live. They were very negative and down on it. and she wondered if there was something that I could do to change their um, perspective. And I immediately thought of, well, let's get them in the outdoors. You know, let's take them up to Shenandoah National Park and let them look out on the valley and just see how beautiful it really is. Let them see the town from above and pick out landmarks um, to see what um, the town really looks like. And so we did that. So I took eight girls from her group up into Shenandoah National Park for a morning. And it was interesting to watch these young girls who were definitely nervous. Um, They didn't know what to expect. I got a lot of questions about snakes and bears and what to expect if we saw them. And what about bugs? There's a lot of bug spray being sprayed. Um, (laughs) And yet, you know, our first stop was the first overlook, which you see the town of Front Royal um, from above. And they just kind of stood there in amazement. Because from up there, you see this beautiful green town, you can see the river going through it, they could find their high school, they could find their neighborhoods. And from up there, it just looks so pretty and colorful. And, you know, as we proceeded on our journey that day, and I took them on a hike along the Appalachian Trail, where there's some scenic overlooks of the valley, and you can see Browntown and Bentonville from there, and 340, and you can see the Massanutten Mountain Ridge across the way. And thankfully, it was a beautiful day. So they really got to experience fully the beauty of the valley, and also what we encountered along the way. And there were, you know, wildflowers blooming, and we saw a few butterflies, and there wasn't anything that they saw. You know, we didn't see any snakes <laughs> or bears, 
but they could hear birds chirping and they could smell the flowers and they just were amazed. And I could see them getting really excited. In fact, at one of the overlooks, they decided to do a little rock scrambling and some of them showed great courage to step out on the furthest rock, which maybe a week ago they wouldn't have tried. And um, so it was nice to see some of that transformation. They were excited and they were exclaiming how beautiful everything was. And you could see that they were appreciating more of where they live and how um, blessed we are to live here. And um, so that was a wonderful experience to have with them. And they've asked me to take them on another hike. And that was very gratifying that um, they got a taste of it and they want more and they want to learn more how to be in the woods and maybe we'll do a camping trip, which would be awesome to further um, educate them on what's in the wild and, and how to experience it. Wow, that is really neat, Susan. I think it's a, a great thing that you've done by, by making that unknown known. You know, that takes the a little bit of the fear and the wonder out of it when you can get there and not only feel safe, like, oh, hey, it's, it's okay to step out into this, but also it's incredibly beautiful and, and it's fun. And it's interesting to hear that they're, they're coming back for more. And I, I really think that's mm -hmm. a, a great thing that you start to, to foster and create over there. Um, well, thank you, Ryan. I think a lot of that comes out of my experience in the Boy Scouting program. You know, that program is a little different because it is attracting families or um, youth that have a desire for nature. Um, and so the program, you know, three quarters of scouting is outing. So of course, <laughs> the bulk of that program is delivered in the outdoors. Um, and so there you primarily have youth who already have that interest. And so it was a great training ground for me as a leader to um, learn, you know, how to deliver that program, but also maybe help those youth that needed a little extra help in getting comfortable or learning a skill and how to best communicate it. And so it seemed like the next um, step is to now identify other youth that maybe haven't had those opportunities for whatever reason, and they'll provide them and see if the same growth and interest is there and then provide it. You know, it's um, because the scouting organization may not be best for everyone, but the program itself, I think it is. So let's find different ways to um, provide the same type of opportunity and experiences to everyone. Well, Susan, I think you, you bring up a great point there. And, and this next question, and I'm kind of thinking of myself here, but I'm sure this is a little broad uh, and, and applicable to others. I feel like, you know, as a society and as a whole, we just seem to be getting you know, busier and busier. People are spending more time on the road or in front of their computer or at work, how do you recommend people find or make that time to, to get back to nature? Well, as with anything, you need to be thoughtful and you need to be intentional. And so that, that is given thought to your, your daily life, your weekly schedule. What do you like to do or is it exploring different options? So getting back to nature could be as simple as going for a daily walk or a bike ride or taking up a hobby like gardening. Or if you already garden, maybe you add a compost bin or maybe you take that experience and help a neighbor start a garden. Um, maybe it's time 
to assess your interior spaces, say you work from home and you know you're going to be spending 10 hours behind that computer, what can you do to bring a little nature into your space? You know, and maybe it's bringing in plants um, into your workspace that maybe when you touch, maybe it's an herb and it releases, you know, some lovely scent. Um, Maybe you just explore other outdoor activities. And there's so many to choose from, like birding or fishing, golf, tennis, rock climbing, uh, paddle sports, horse riding. We even got air sports, you know, paragliding and ballooning, running, mountain biking. I mean, the options are endless. And so the suggestion is, you know, think about what you might want to get involved in and then intentionally schedule it in your in your daily regimen or weekly. I mean, a lot of times people will, um, you know, plan a weekend getaway or we'll go out here for a hike. Um, and those are all great things to do. Um, but trying to find things in your daily life, even if it's just simple as putting a plant next to your computer, um, could be really helpful. And then of course, there's looking at ways to volunteer your time. And you can look at so many organizations in the Valley that serve the outdoors. Um, it just depends on what your passion is. Is it for trees? Well, join the tree stewards or look for a volunteer opportunity with the department of forestry. Maybe you have a passion for the river. You could join Friends of the North Fork of the Shenandoah River or the Potomac Riverkeeper Network or become a water quality monitor with the Isaac Walton League. Um, if you like hiking and backpacking, well, join me on the Front Royal Warren County Appalachian Trail Community Committee or join the Potomac Appalachian Trail Club and get involved with trail maintenance. You could also look at the Museum of Shenandoah Valley who has a new trail system or the Arboretum at Blandy Farm, they're all looking for volunteers and help in some way or another. Um, and then there's other things too, like we have a, an anti-litter council here in the county, or look at groups like Sustainability Matters or the Alliance for Shenandoah Valley. Um, there's community vegetable gardens that are always looking for volunteers or beautification committees. Even our state parks have friends of organizations that need volunteers to help maintain the park or run various programs aimed at education and stewardship. And then for our youth, there are a number of summer camps that are nature themed. Um, there are even youth conservation corps. I know the national parks have one, uh, Friends of the North Fork has one, and they're wonderful opportunities for our youth to have fun while learning about nature and also how to become good stewards of this land. That's a great point. And, and I love the point you also brought up about, you know, starting off small and, and saying, hey, you know, instead of starting with a week long camping adventure, maybe just taking a daily walk, you know, mm -hmm. bring, bringing that small plant in and, and putting it on your desk and those small but cumulative effects. And just like you were talking with with your group, you start off with the overlooks and already they're talking about progressing towards a possible camping trip. And I think that's really great. Um, so you hit a lot on the, the recreational activities and a lot of great opportunities out there for volunteer opportunities as well. Um, thinking along the lines of maybe employment options for people who, who are interested and who, who like you share that passion. Are there any viable employment options out there for those guys? And what, what does that look like? 
Absolutely, there are. And it's not just employment, but there's a lot of educational opportunities too to prepare yourself for those type of employments. Um, you know, some obvious ones include being a park ranger or an interpretive guide, either at a park or an historical site or museum. Um, there's landscape architecture, there's gardening centers, and then there's the whole professional guiding um, industry as well. So those are professional guides that lead trips into the backcountry or uh, rock climbing adventures, river guides, things like that. Um, you may have heard of the, um, like one well-known group is Outward Bound. They do a lot of that. Um, and then there's also conducting research at places like the Smithsonian Conservation Center. Uh, they have um, a really interesting program going on right now with um, low-life birds and local management, uh, keeping track of the birding population, working with farmers on, on different uh, pastures that they're leaving fallow. How do they count the birds, you know, putting in boxes and, and what do we need to do to encourage their growth and survival rates? Of course, you know, if you're already um, in a profession um, that's not outdoor based, your skills are really important too. Um, it could be office or administrative support, financial or legal services that um, these conservation-based nonprofit organizations are in desperate need for. Um, or you could serve on the board of a nonprofit that whose mission might align with something that you're interested in. So there's so many different opportunities to take your skills to get involved. And on the education end, even locally, Lord Fairfax uh, Community College has a program uh, for outdoor education that, um, depending on you know what you study, could set you up to be a park counselor or um, to be a guide or to um, get involved in ecotherapy type of work as well, whether it's a certified forest bather or um, some other uh, method of guiding people with in mental wellness in the outdoors. Wow. It's great to know there's so many avenues approach out there for, for recreational activities, volunteer, and for employment. I mean, that's that's really fantastic. And especially making people aware of all those options because, you know, like you pointed out initially, the, the first thought is maybe park ranger or, or something along those lines, which is a fantastic profession, but there's also so much more out there. Um, mm -hmm. Now, now, Susan, I got to put you on the spot here just a little bit. I got to put you in the hot seat. So, you, you do a ton uh, within the community, with your Boy Scout group, but for yourself, how do you balance your own environmental wellness? And, and I'm thinking both on the nature side, making sure you, know, you get that exposure, which it sounds like you do, but also fostering a healthy work and living environment. How, how does Susan manage to balance all of that herself? Well, I take my own advice and I'm very thoughtful and intentional about it. Um, I think when I, in my professional career, I am a remote employee and I have been for 15 years, well before the pandemic. And I learned early on that a certain discipline would be needed to ensure that I had that balance in my life. Um, and so part of my weekly regimen is very intentional, meaning it is planned. It's scheduled time in nature or with nature. And I do start most mornings with a two to three mile walk around my neighborhood. Um, it's just time to be in the fresh air. It's, it's just a great way to um, 
have a clear head and to become very centered. And, you know, I do notice what's going on in the neighborhood. And I don't mean being nosy about my neighbors. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I like to notice what plants are growing, what's blooming, what birds are about. um, What is the weather like? And what does that mean for the day? Um, You know, and it's nice to be out there with the changing seasons, just, just to notice what's going on. And then when I do get home um, from my walk, I fix my coffee because I do need my morning jolt. Um, I like to spend time in my garden and I have two. And you can see part of it behind me. There's a big bay window in my living room. And um, I will, in the winter, it's full of herbs. And right now there are some plants here. So every morning I do come in and I will touch them and water them. And yes, I talk to them. just because, you know, I'd like to see what they're doing. And I, you know, they don't talk back to me, <laughs> but I, <laughs> but I do like to talk. And some of them with the herbs, they do release a lovely scent. And I will admit that during times of um, high stress, I will do that. Um, I love lavender plants and, and um, I have peppermint plants as well. And that um, is known to help in release stress. Um, the other thing that I do that I schedule is, um, an hour every week for an, a, a quiet activity, um, whether it's to read or journal or meditate, um, the place that I do that could vary. Uh, it might be at the chapel, it might be on a bench along the river, or it could be on top of my favorite peak in Shenandoah National Park. Um, I also schedule once a week to go up for a sunset hike. And usually women from my um, hiking group join me. And we also try to backpack at least once a month. And these are all things that I schedule because I know um, being out there and particularly in several levels of, I guess, deep connection, particularly when we're backpacking. I mean, we definitely go into the backcountry and then we're completely disconnected from all the distraction and noise of our regular life. Um, so those are things that I, you know, uh, intentionally schedule. And then, you know, if I have other opportunities, whether it's with one of the many different groups that I volunteer with, then I pursue that as well. And we've talked a little bit about that. And so it might be, um, a trash cleanup. It might be some trail maintenance. It might be a riparian buffer maintenance, um, maybe water quality project you know, whatever um, happens along that might fit into my schedule, then I try to participate um, because there is a a feeling of satisfaction in giving back and knowing that I've made a positive impact in the community and in our community environment. Because, you know, sometimes you like to help somebody directly, but I also like knowing that I've helped a space where somebody else might find enjoyment as well. Wow, that's that's fantastic. It's great that you find that that time for yourself as well. And I think that's just so important, uh, especially in the in the time that we live in now where they're constantly talking about burnout and, you know, work fatigue and exhaustion and being able to to disconnect and to have that time in nature and and with yourself. And, you know, we really start to see the the importance of environmental wellness. And, you know, we can see it, you know, in, in all facets of our life. And Another great point that that I really want to recap on again was was how taking those small, simple steps and being thoughtful and intentional really matters. It's all about prioritizing that time. And we can spend so much time prioritizing work or prioritizing 
this or that and and making sure that we take the time prioritizing our mental health by getting back into nature is truly important. And I, w- I really want to thank you, Susan, for, for all of your insight, for all of your comments. And if you had any uh, general tips or, or words of advice, kind of final final thoughts that you would like to put out to our listeners in maybe a general kind of way, what would you say? What would you say to those guys? Well, as a lover of the outdoors, I just encourage everyone to go and engage and experience the outdoors and to take time. I think the most important thing is to find a place that you can visit often, um, whether it's a local trail or a local park, and really get to know that space. Because getting to know that space and knowing it intimately does lead to a certain level of comfort and um, knowledge. And you know, you get to know the rhythm of the place, you really get to know it, and then you can take those experiences and expand it to other places. And don't be afraid to go to a, 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 a volunteer or some sort of event um, that some organization is holding. You know, maybe it looks interesting and you're thinking, but I don't know anybody. Let me tell you something, you're gonna meet a lot of people who are like-minded like you. And you'll make great friends. And usually the people that are leading it are so passionate about what they do and they wanna share their knowledge. They just wanna share time with you and um, have a great experience, you know, serving that space or whatever it is that um, the project is for that day. And I have found, um, I've made great friends um, just by taking a step and putting myself out there a little bit. But I find that in this community, um, people are just so generous with their time and their se- and themselves that, um, you know, that initial fear that I may have had of stepping out just quickly faded away. And, you know, just take the tiny step, whatever it may be, um, you know, get your toe wet <laughs> and, and, you know, then take the next one. I, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I think you'll find, um, It'll bring you a lot of um, peace and satisfaction and new opportunities to experience new things. And that, I think, is um, real important for all of us, especially the outdoors has so much to offer in so many different ways. So let's just find the way that it works for you. Well, and I always feel that the the first step of any journey can definitely be the hardest. But, but taking that first step casting those fears aside. And, and like you said, you build those social connections, you're improving your mental well-being, and and the whole time you're keeping that environmental wellness in check. So, Absolutely. Well, Susan, thanks again so much for coming on to the show. Your insight and wisdom was fantastic. We really appreciate it. I would like to go ahead and give a, a sneak peek of our next episode. So we're going to be delving into financial wellness a little bit. Um, I would also encourage all of our listeners, especially if they liked what they heard here today, to check out our Instagram, our Facebook, our YouTube channel. Um, and Susan, for you, I know if, if people are interested in, in working with you or finding out more from you, what's the best way to go about doing that? Uh, um, so you could find uh, the Appalachian Trail community on Facebook. Just look for the uh, Front Royal Warren County AT community on Facebook. Um, 
you could also find us through the Appalachian Trail Conservancy's website. I believe that's AppalachianTrail.org. Um, for me personally, you can reach me at the AT's email, which is wcfrat.gmail.com. And I'd be more than happy to, you know, respond to any inquiries and things like that. Um, soon you'll be able to find me online through my own company, Next Bend Adventures, which will be launching this summer. And also through a nonprofit initiative um, that is being organized through a number of um, outdoor industry uh, stakeholders in the area. So it's called Shenandoah Outdoors, and we'll be promoting the valley as an outdoor destination recreation area by focusing on our outdoor spaces, how to connect them safely and ensure that all residents have equal access to them. And that might mean looking at infrastructure needs, maintenance and educational needs. So, so many in the community either don't know that these spaces are exist or don't know how to participate. And we aim to change that. Um, connectivity and accessibility, protect and preserve, education and engagement. Um, so look for that launch as well. We'll be doing brand building events and community events. Um, so those will be other ways that you could reach me also. Well, Susan, it sounds like you're very busy. You have big things planned. Hey, thanks for taking a little break from uh, saving the world to come on <laughs> and spend a little time with us today. Thank you again. We really appreciate it. And hey, thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you tune in next time. Thanks.